my name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast. And I feel it's important that you know that my game of the week is not World of Warcraft. My name is Philip Kohler. Uh, my game of the week is not Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. All right, well, there's two games we don't need to talk about. Although, I can almost guarantee you, Phil, the one that I mentioned will come up. I don't see how you can talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. With that, this other one coming up. You are, you are very correct. So, Phil, I've known your name forever, but I feel a particular kinship with you today because you and I have both recently been playing and posted reviews of Wildstar. Yes. Uh, you are, of course, over there at Polygon. Mm-hmm. Um, you are kind of also the uh, – would you say that you're the go-to MMO guy over there? Yeah. You know, we have a couple of people who play MMOs. Um, we have a, a couple different people that we can turn to when there are MMO reviews, but I, I kind of take the the majority of the load for for MMOs. Now, did that happen because Arthur and Danielle don't want to do it, or did that happen because you were already an MMO guy? Uh, how, how, does someone, how does someone get railroaded into doing the most difficult kinds of reviews yeah. for, for Polygon? Well, so I, I actually um, – I'm definitely an MMO guy. I, I have you know, I have been since EverQuest. Um, I was playing EverQuest back when I was in high school um, and, then, and then moved on to uh, City of Heroes and World of Warcraft and all of that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of – and I hit a point where um, I have some guildmates, ex-guildmates from World of Warcraft who I'm really good friends with, who I've stayed friends with uh, after our guild broke up. And uh, part of the way that we maintain our friendship is we kind of play every MMO. Yeah, um, you're like a group of nomads. You yeah. travel from game to game. Yeah, that's... and I, I think that's pretty normal. I think there's a lot of people who do that. Um, and we uh, – yeah, so essentially you know, I, I, I've gone to Arthur and – you know. A lot of times when a new MMO is coming out, I will just tell him I'm going to be playing that anyways. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be going in for at least a month to check it out. Huh? So if you want me to uh, to do that on Polygon's behalf and write a review, I'm happy to do so. Um, I, I also wrote a lot about MMO, MMOs when I was at Game Informer. Um, Game Informer, we did not do, uh, and I still, I believe this is still the case at Game Informer. Uh, they did not actually review MMOs. Um, but they have an MMO section in the magazine that they they at least devote to talking about them. Sort of the as as close as you can get to a review without putting a score on it, basically. Well, let, let's get into this because I can kind of understand why they don't. Or yeah. there, there are, of course, unique challenges when you're reviewing an MMO. Uh, what? Uh, let me just throw this at you. How, Phil, do you? Review an MMO. Let me just give you a broad, open question like that. Sure. How, how do you answer something like that? Sure. Uh, I mean, for me, and you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, what's the end game like?" Um, you know, that's their big question. For me, did you try all the characters? You know, yeah, did you get all the characters to their limit? Did you get every class? Um, right. <laughs> for me, uh, the way that I play MMOs, um, you know, certainly there are MMOs where I get to the end game, and there are MMOs where I really enjoy the end game. Um, but generally. For me, that's not the the real um, way to tell whether or not I personally think an MMO is good. Um, mm-hmm. I spend most of my time in MMOs leveling up. I spend most of my time just exploring the world, doing quests, doing uh, whatever activities the game has for you to do. Um, I'm I'm you know I'm interested in end game rating. I'm interested in in what's waiting at the level cap. But for me, that's not the primary draw for an MMO. 
Um, so for me, the the bigger uh, issue is I I want to spend as much time as possible playing that content that's like the core part of the experience before the level cap. Um, I want to spend a lot of time doing you know crafting and doing. Uh, the quests and doing in the case of Wildstar, let's say um, the the uh, housing system. Um, I wanna I wanna play around with those systems. Um, that that's more important to me than rushing to the level cap just to say that I hit the level cap and then telling people what the end game rating is like. Which spoilers, it's like end game rating in every MMO. <laughs> Well, my feeling about in-game content is that it really it's there for people who already love the game and are hooked on it. Yeah. And I, I can think of no example. And, and Wildstar might come close maybe for reasons we'll talk about. But, but generally, I don't think there's any example of a game that you don't like until you get to the end game, at which point your, your opinion changes. Yeah. The reason you're playing the end game of an MMO is because you already love it. Yeah. It's because it's got you hooked, you're invested, you hit the level cap, and you don't then think, well, now I'm done. You know, because that's part of the nature of an MMO is they need to, it needs to have perpetual content. It needs to, to persist and go on forever. Mm-hmm. So developers create this in-game content for people who already love the game. So I've never seen an MMO where the in-game content is the objective or something that you, you, you know, that that's the reason that it exists. I mean, there is, simply, there is that, old, uh, that old chestnut about MMOs that's always like, oh, the, the game doesn't start until level 50 or whatever the cap right. is, um, which, which a lot of people say, but and, and you know certainly I've been in that the those shoes myself. I've you know played a lot of World of Warcraft, and a lot of it is end game stuff. But I also think that uh, what the people who say that don't realize uh, what they're what they're not admitting is that that's a minority of the players. Right. That is right. that is a small number of players who are uh, really obsessive and and really into that super hardcore content um, and. Again, I can be that that minority of players, but I also don't think that uh, focusing on that for my review necessarily serves much of an audience. So, so that said, uh, neither of us, I'm guessing, hit the level cap in, in Wildstar. I mean, I certainly didn't, and I know you've mentioned you didn't. Yeah. Um, Wildstar can be very slow going, um, especially once you hit like like level 20 or so. Actually, even early, it's it's fairly slow going uh, relative to things like Guild Wars or World of Warcraft. Sure. Um, I. Uh, w- one of the things, uh, and I imagine you've been to a couple of these press events for Wildstar, or at least the, the developers have been in touch with you. There is some unique content at the end of Wildstar, and certainly later on, that um, I-, I would say I wished I had seen, but Wildstar didn't really work for me, so ultimately I'm okay with not seeing it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I kind of wish that they hadn't shoved until the end uh, is this idea of war plots? Yeah, war plots is-, is like the biggest thing that uh, that I could actually see affecting my review. Um, so one of the things that makes MMO reviews a little bit easier, a little bit less uh, nerve wracking for me at Polygon, is um, you know we have this worked in system that allows us to go back and update reviews. Yeah, um, definitely. So I, you know, I, I I'm planning to keep playing WildStar. I'm planning to keep checking out updates. And, ah. you know, if I if I hit the level cap and if I start messing around with war plots and I realize, like, no, this is actually way more uh, innovative than I thought and really does make me like the game a lot more, I have the potential to go in and update the, the review and, you know, add some paragraphs saying that, um, maybe maybe tweak the score as well. Right, um, right. But, but I agree with you. I th- it's something that um, 
whether or not that ends up happening, I do kind of wish that maybe it was possible to mess around with that earlier because I played around with some of the PvP that's currently in there and it didn't do anything for me. Um, it's very standard, isn't it? The like PvP you wouldn't that, guess... that you can do early on. Yeah, and you wouldn't guess from that that you've got this cool feature, this idea of war plots and each each side creating its own base and then hooking it onto a no man's land and then fighting across that no man's land. Um, that, that customizable fortress idea. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you wouldn't really get an inkling that that's there until you hit the, the, the level cap, or unless you've, I guess, read the press about it. Uh, one of my concerns about that too, Phil, is uh, I, I don't have a big guild presence in Wildstar. I don't sure. know many people that are playing. And the war plot thing doesn't seem to offer the individual player any options. Like it's something that you have with a group of players. You know, you have your own war plot. Uh, with a group of players, and you know, I think it's forty versus forty. Uh, you can jump into any match, but you're not advancing your own war plot. You're not earning those resources that you need to buy and upgrade the, the components. Uh, it seems not only like in-game content, but group in-game content. Um, so I kind of feel like war plots is something that I would never even get to see, even if I kept playing uh, uh, Wildstar. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Something else that I really uh, that I wished I'd seen, uh, you know, I got to the first. They have so so in MMOs you have dungeons, of course. Everybody knows what those are, and those are really difficult in WildStar. And I want to talk about the difficulty level in a bit, sure, because that was something you definitely. I, I love how you phrased it in your review. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But in addition to dungeons, they have this concept of adventures, which are kind of like pocket dimensions with a dynamic branching structure of quests you can go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to the first one, but I know that one later on down the line, there's one where you escort a caravan through a map, and it looks like there's some kind of resource management where you set up camps and you choose the path that it takes. Uh, but it seems they have some really exciting, maybe not end game or elder game as they call it, uh, adventures, but even upper level adventure mm-hmm. things that I that I am looking forward to trying at some point, maybe. Um, yeah, did, and, did you and, try that? Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say, um, you know, I, I did a, a meeting with the developers um, a couple of weeks ago and showed off the first content patch, which is out now. Um, the strain stuff. Yeah, the strain. Um, and they have a new zone in that. And one of the things that they showed me was this huge area where it's a big, uh, it's a big zone event. Anybody who's around can take part in it, and it's essentially, uh, it's like a tower defense thing. Um, you mm-hmm. you kind of plant your own towers and then also help them uh, take out enemies. And it was another case of like, as you're describing with that adventure, um, there are these, these things shining through that are, are kind of really interesting twists on the, uh, the gameplay that's going on throughout the game. Um, and I sort of wish that there'd been more of those uh, or, or that more of them showed up earlier that they were better developed. Um, because that's the kind of stuff that I think sets us apart from just feeling like a uh, a regular MMO, like just feeling like another World of Warcraft clone. Well, I, I'll certainly say this idea that they have so much – that there is the, so much endgame content is kind of distinct from a lot of the pattern of usual MMO releases where they're kind of racing to add that in as people level up more quickly than they expect. Uh, and it, it seems like Wildstar has fully in place – all kinds of options for people who just tear through those first 50 levels, hit the level cap, and want more stuff to do. Yeah, uh, They're clearly geared for that kind of hardcore play. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
which gets to so so then let's touch on this because one of my complaints about the game and one of the things that uh, I, I think you and I are similar in that if you think of an opinion on a game as almost like uh, a, a roof, like at a slant, and you can walk along the very top of that roof. Yeah. But then eventually, you know, and that's when you're first playing it and you're feeling out how you feel about it, and you start to slip down one slope or the other <laughs> sure, on that sure. little side of the roof. And I think you and I both for a while as we were playing were right there along the middle. Like sometimes we would go one way or the other, uh, but I think for a while we were both along the middle, and then at one point I kind of fell off to the left <laughs> side where, eh, I don't really like it, but I think you kind of fell off to the right side where you're like, yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah, uh, it's, and one of the reasons. Oh, go ahead. Sir. Sorry, I was just going to say that. I mean, we we emailed Tom during the process of writing the review um, as we were talking about doing this podcast, and uh, one of the things that both of us talked about in our emails was uh, doing a lot of rewrites on this review. Yes. Um, I think we've each written several wild star reviews at this point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and there was definitely, you know, uh, so my current review is up on Polygon right now. It's a, a seven out of ten, and. and you know, largely positive. Uh, seven is considered a good game on our scale. Um, I uh, there's definitely an earlier version of the the Wildstar review that is much more negative than that. Um, and so there was definitely like, yeah, I agree with you. It was very uh, back and forth for me. Um, I, I ended up, yeah, as you said, I ended up uh, deciding overall that uh, that I enjoyed most of what the game is offering. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's what I think is a, 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 an important distinction for, for both of us. Uh, like where One of the reasons I fell off to the left of the roof and you fell off to the right yeah. is, for me, I didn't feel like there was really any pull. Like Too much of it was familiar. I, I never felt really invested in it. I certainly enjoyed my time, and I would certainly agree with you when you talk about like you know whether or not a game is fun. And I kind of sure. hate that word, yeah, but it's a convenient yeah. way to talk about things. And, um, and I absolutely agree when you talk about it being fun and polished. I'm with you 100%, but the problem for me was it never really had much of a hook for me. You, on the other hand, the way you phrased it, and actually let me uh, just even read this. Uh, By the way, we both agreed that it was kind of this uh, – you used the word amalgam, and it does Mm -hmm. feel like a a collection of features. And you even have this idea that at times it feels like a bucket labeled you know, what fans of the genre expect, and features are pulled out of that. And that's how you kind of lead with your review. Um, And you concede that it's all very familiar, but you summed it up very neatly in four words – that explain, I think, why the poll works for you. You say that Wildstar is, quote, more challenging gameplay faster. Sure. And that's something that a lot of MMOs don't do, is you're just doing this busy rote work to get to that level cap, and they're so afraid, MMOs are so afraid of frustrating the players, because they don't want the players to run off and not pay the subscription fee, or not micro-buy stuff, or do whatever it takes to cash into the business model. But Wildstar, on the other hand is willing to, to throw down various gauntlets mm-hmm. and to make things difficult and to give players really challenging content, specifically those dungeons, earlier on. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons, I feel that from reading your review, that's one of the reasons you fell off the roof and the off the peak of the roof in the direction that you went. Yeah. Um, um, I, and I'm, you know, again, going back to uh, some of my previous MMO experience, like I said, I, I did a lot of, like, endgame rating in World of Warcraft, so I have this appreciation for really difficult group content in MMOs. I think really difficult group content in MMOs is um, some of the most challenging and and uh, most rewarding, uh, not in terms of, like, getting loot, I guess, but in terms of, like, mechanically rewarding when you figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. Content in any games possible, uh, any any games that have been released. Uh, 
so I, I love uh, I love that Wildstar early on in in some of its earliest dungeons. You're immediately put to that level of challenge that you would expect from Endgame in World of Warcraft. Um, and I would even say, Phil, all of its earlier dungeons. I yeah, have never sure. finished a dungeon in Wildstar. Oh, wow. I have gotten to where I have found it so frustrating. Oh yeah, you did. You, you mentioned in your review you had the anecdote about a tank uh, tank disappearing, and you're just sitting around oh, for an hour God. waiting for a new tank. <laughs> stuff like that, and stuff like people like there's. I, this you, you can I don't think you can ever really hold this against MMOs, but but I've run into some of the biggest dicks in the game, partly because doing a, doing the dungeons in Wildstar with a pickup group mm-hmm. can be, as you say, a uniquely with any group can be a uniquely rewarding experience. But pickup groups are such can be such a pitfall in MMOs, and that if you get one guy who's like really bossy or who's a jerk, he can completely pollute the group. Um, and and the the dungeon in Wildstar. Uh, are are just really difficult. Yeah. Um, and furthermore, I think I maybe set myself up for this because one of the things that I really like about Wildstar, and I didn't go into this level of detail in my review, uh, but one of the things I really admire about Wildstar is their take on healing. And I love playing support classes. So the first few times I did dungeons, uh, I, I wasn't healing because it's really difficult. I was just doing a standard DPS. You know, they are very strict in Wildstar about your dungeon group must contain someone who's a designated tank, okay. one person who's a designated uh, healer, and then three designated DPSs. So when I was first playing, I was playing as a DPS guy, and eventually I got to the point where I really wanted to try a healing build. And I constantly felt just the pressure of disappointing the other four people, and I would try to ask them for advice. And you know, I granted was probably not very good at it, and probably did my share of sabotaging groups. But I really was trying hard. And there was even times where one of the reasons I I didn't get a mount was because I'd been saving up my money for a mount. I was trying to do healing in a dungeon, and the group was very patient with me. You know, they were willing to let me try, and. they finally said, you know, you know what, you need to go out and buy more gear that, that stresses this one particular stat. Um, and they were right. It was something that, you know, I needed sure. to have gear for a healing build. So I, I left the, you know, I, I briefly left the instance. I went to the auction house. I spent all my money on the freaking auction house oh, no. buying things that gave me a few more points of, I think the stat was finesse, to raise my ability as a support character. And I went back in and I kept trying and we got a little farther, but then somebody had to leave and then the group fell apart. Um, but I, I just find that that could be so potentially – it can go either way. It could be potentially hugely gratifying or hugely frustrating. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think part of the reason that I was lucky enough to have a different experience is um, you know, I, I randomly stumbled across a guild that uh, somebody on my Twitter list was, uh, was in on my server. And I was like, hey, I, I'd love to have a guild. Can I join? Join that guild, and the the handful of dungeons that I've done in Wildstar um, have all been either completely or majority uh, majority of party members were guild members. Um, so in that case, you know, like like let's say it's like is it four or five person parties? I always get that. They're five. five it's five because you need the three DPS. That's right. Yeah, you need, uh, yeah. So so let's say I have you know four party members that are all guild members. Um, or rather three other party members and myself, and then uh, one random person. Even if that random person is is kind of a jerk or not that good or um, you know really impatient or whatever the problem is, I've got this three other party members to balance it out and to uh, to keep things moving and keep it relatively fun. Um, right. 
so that was that that was enough to to make up for that and to make it a lot easier. And also, I, ha- I had these uh, guild members who many of them ha- had gone to the level cap already and were you know super hardcore players um, who were able to you know I was able to say this is my first time running this dungeon. Can you explain what you do on this boss? And they were very patient with me and very like, here's the things you do. Here's what you and. That's really necessary in this game for your first time running through a dungeon. Like you need to have someone explain that stuff because the the boss fights, uh, the the encounters that you're going into in these dungeons are so complex. There's just I cannot imagine a situation in which your first time going through without any explanation, you would just figure it out. You would just know what to do. I uh, G- uh, Guild Wars Two, and I, I'm going to try to not constantly talk about Guild Wars Two on this podcast because Guild Wars Two is one of the is for me the 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 example of an MMO that does pretty much everything exactly like I want it to be. Like sure. like Guild Wars Two is my just right is it's in my Goldilocks zone for for MMOs. Sure. Um, and Guild Wars 2 makes you do a dungeon in what's called story mode first, yeah. uh, and it sort of expects that hey, you might play this dungeon with a pickup group, and you might not have someone explaining bosses to you, so we're going to make you run it through this story mode, and then you've unlocked other ways to play it with variable paths through it. And I don't think there's any of that hand-holding in, Guild War, in, uh, in Wildstar. And, and I distinctly remember you know, tr- trying some of these dungeons with just mute pickup groups, and it completely falls apart, mm-hmm. versus trying a Wildstar dungeon with one guy who says in chat, Okay, do you guys know how this boss works? And somebody says no, you know, often me. Uh, and then he explains it, uh, and it makes a huge difference. And you can sort of see what the developers are doing, what they expect of you, what unique gimmick the boss is going to have. One of the and some of that- one of the things one of my guild members used for the dungeons that that I found incredibly helpful and was kind of like, oh, I wish this had been built in. It's something that actually World of Warcraft uh, very recently, like in the last two or three years, added to their game, which is. Uh, he essentially had a mod that we would get to a boss, he would target it, he would press a button, and then it would put into chat, um, here's the strategy for this boss. <laughs> um, and it just lets you know, like, when the boss does this move, you need to stun. When when the boss does this move, you need to get out of the way. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, if you're not familiar with MMOs and you hear that, you might think, well, that... You know what's the point that's taking all the fun out of it? But the fun in MMOs is is the execution. It's not in figuring that stuff out. It's not in it's not in your group wiping five times before you figure out the basics of how to do this stuff. Um, so so that made it much more approachable as well. Um, we were able to kind yeah, the, of just go in and and have some idea of what we were doing at least. The, the fact that you put it that way, Phil, it says to me that you're a very um, I, specific kind of MMO player, sure. like because I kind of feel I agree with you. The fun is in the execution, but I also want the fun to be in the discovery. Sure. Uh, and sure. For, for the most part, WildStar is like that, like any other MMO. But the dungeons, definitely not like that in WildStar. Yeah, and they and are to be, not looking for you to discover it organically and figure it out on your own. Yeah, and to be they clear, that is it. that is very much my, my World of Warcraft rating experience. Talking there, where I'm like, uh, uh, there is some, right. like I said, like I like previously, there's there's something really. Uh, really fulfilling to me about working together as a group to overcome this really challenging encounter and having it be something where every, you know, every party member does their part perfectly. Um, that said, that's part of what pulled me into Wildstar. Uh, another big part of it is, is the exploration is, uh, the stuff outside of dungeons, um, the, the exploring the world. And in particular, um, you know, we should probably talk about the path system. Okay. Um, Cause I think you were a bit more, uh, 
forgive, or I think that worked a bit better for you than it did for for me. Um, so, uh, which which path did you mainly gravitate towards so when you were playing? I, I picked Explorer because huh? you know when I'm uh, when I'm soloing in an MMO, um, when I'm leveling up and, and playing through the world, I'm always obsessed with uh, you know I like going to every every peak and every cave and seeing everything that you can. Um, you know, going back to Guild Wars 2 as an example, I loved that the zones in Guild Wars 2 were filled with, like, these weird, like, go here and see this vista and, uh, yep. and you know, and find they're marked on your map. Like, I l- the map always shows you, hey, here's a cool place you can get to, but you might have to do some puzzling it out to figure out how to get up here. Exactly. Yeah. So... Uh, the the explorer path in Wildstar is, is very similar to that. is is very uh, focused on finding secret paths, um, doing some sort of weird MMO platforming stuff, um, and and I loved it. I loved uh, I loved being pulled through the world that way and and being like constantly pushed like in a bunch of different directions of like there's stuff over here, there's stuff over here, and it was a nice break for me from the regular grind of quests as well. Right. Um, it provided a very nice break from that. So then here's what drives me crazy about that path, because I love, by the way, the concept of paths. When they were talking about this, and when I when I create a character, you know, you choose your race, and, uh, and you choose your class, and then you get another choice. Like, I feel that those... It, it, it's it's hugely compelling to be asked, hey, what do you like best? And to be given a list of things. Sure. Uh, and that's a great hook. Here's the thing that drives me, ultimately drives me crazy about that path system. Uh, like you, Phil, I also like that exploring bit. I love doing the vistas in Guild Wars, but I also like horde mode in Gears of War. I like to do a little standoff thing. Sometimes I also like collecting a lot of stuff around the map and doing support things um, and helping buff other players. Uh, I can uh, potentially enjoy all four of the paths, yet my character only gets to play with a quarter of them. And I feel that that is... So if I if I want to do these cool jumping puzzles that I know are in Wildstar, I can't do them because I chose yeah. a uh, a soldier. You know, one of my characters is a settler, one's a soldier. I, I can't do those. You know, why do they want to close that off to some players? Um, so that's interesting. Not- uh, that, that was actually a complaint of mine as well. Um, I, I definitely... There were certain points where I was like, as much as I love the path that I chose... There are points where I was like, oh, I'd love to be a scientist right now because there's clearly a thing here that you can interact with, and I want to know what it does. Yeah, it's always in your face. You're um, always seeing, hey, here's what the other players are getting to do so it, that you can't do. It's yeah. funny. I was actually um, – so they, they announced Wildstar – oh, gosh, it must have been four years ago, five years ago at Gamescom. Um, I was actually at Gamescom covering that announcement for, for Game Informer at the time, and uh, – and they, you know, they announced they led with the path system as their big lead in of like, you know, we recognize different people play MMOs for different reasons. We want to create a game that kind of caters to what your reason for playing is. Here are the different paths we have. That was my literally my first question to them immediately was like, OK, but what if I pick one path and then I want to try something else? Why can't we just switch at any time? Um, Can I guess what they answered that with? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Did they then say, well, that's what alts are for? You know was what? Was that kind of their approach? There were two answers. Uh, that was one of them. Okay. You were, you were dead on. That was one of them. They're like, well, you can start a new character. Um, you know, then there's all this content for you to explore as your alt that, you know, even if you're doing the same quests, you have all this new content, which, sure, all right. Um, their other one was, you know, it's meant to encourage grouping. It's meant to say, like, yeah, well, if you right. want to do the scientist thing, uh, maybe group up with the scientist, and then you can both do it together. <laughs> um, 
and, and it is interesting, you know, when you group up in Wildstar, it, you know, it shows your class and your path. Um, and it's yeah. meant to like, but it, I, I cannot imagine unless you're like playing with someone in the same house, um, and you're, you know, <laughs> leveling up together the whole time. I can't imagine grouping up with someone specifically to do certain path content. Um, maybe, maybe there's stuff at the end game uh, or later in the game that, uh, that encourages that more heavily, but, uh, right. But I agree. I definitely, and I mentioned in the review, I would have really appreciated the ability to to switch. Um, it in the end, I, I forgave it. I think a because I liked the path I chose so much, and b because there is in each individual path there is so much content. Um, there is just like with Explorer, there was just tons to do in every zone. Um, so. Here's another thing that kind of drove me crazy about paths. I agree with you. There's lots of content. They give every path, you know, every time you come into a new zone, whatever your path is, you're going to be confronted with, hey, here's a bunch of stuff just for your path. What what I kind of realized, and I must have gone, uh, you know, eight levels up into my path before I realized, hey, wait a minute, is looking at the rewards because you can click forward and see on your little leveling screen. You know, <laughs> yeah. here, here's what you just unlocked. You can click forward and see what you're going to unlock your next level and the level after that and all the way up to the level cap. I, I finally looked through all that and realized, wait a minute, all I'm getting for this are little cosmetic things for a, a generic for. A, you know, the same soldier costume that everyone else gets, as well as that final, you know, you can slot a skill. I, I forget if it's an eighth or a ninth skill, but, but you get a final skill that, that is related to your path. Um, oh, and some housing doodads, I guess. So I, but I, kinda- I, I completely agree with you there. And there was actually, um, again, going back to some of my earlier drafts of Wildstar, there was actually a moment where I try not to suggest what developers should do. Um, right. Because, you know, I, I, I'm not a developer. I don't, I don't have a clue. But, uh, <laughs> But there was definitely in, in one of my drafts, I had the suggestion of like, I kind of wish that the paths uh, gave you experience points towards your regular levels. Oh, right. Because, yep. um, yep. yeah, it definitely, like I said, it was a it was a when I was doing Explorer stuff, it was a nice break from um, uh, from from doing the regular questing content. But to some degree, because those rewards that I was getting for Explorer levels um, and for Explorer experience was those rewards were not that interesting. I had to kind of get what I wanted out of that experience in and of itself. And then, yeah. and then I always had to like, look at, uh, you know, realize like, well, I've spent an hour doing Explorer stuff, but I could have been leveling up and getting closer to that level gap. Um, it's, it's a, and it's especially sacred... because as you said, the leveling is so slow. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, I think it could have actually been aided a lot by, uh, having the Explorer or the, having the path content, go towards your regular levels. I, I think one of my theories, Phil, is I think they expect that your main leveling is slow, but your path is something that because you're only getting levels in your main character every so often, but you're also getting levels in your path every so often as well, it makes leveling feel twice as fast. Sure. <laughs> because, and I don't, that doesn't work for me when one of the levels I'm getting isn't earning me anything substantial, when it's a segregated system. Uh, yeah. One of the things I so admire about Guild Wars is whatever you're doing there, whether it's PvP or whether it's crafting, you know, all of that progression goes into the same bucket. Yeah, you know, I which mean, is your main character level. Uh, not, uh, not to and, not to turn this into a Guild Wars love fest. So I'm, I'm a big fan as well. But uh, but yeah, and, and the other you know the other big thing for me in Guild Wars is even if it's lower level content, even if you're in like yes. a, a zone that's level one and you're you're level forty. Um, it just warps you back down to level one and whatever you're doing, you get 
actual experience, meaningful experience towards uh, yep. your your main level cap. And it's adjusting the gear you find to your level. And yep. Yeah, it's very friendly. So here's actually something that you made me appreciate one of the features in Wildstar a, a little bit better for this. Uh, so in Guild Wars, as you mentioned, it's always relevant to go back to earlier areas. And Guild Wars is very cool about, even though you've out-leveled an area, hey, you can always go back and do cool stuff. That's how I was looking at the what are called challenges in Wildstar. Uh, you know, every now and then you just kill something and it starts a challenge. And most of the times when that would happen to me, I would realize, oh, there's no way that I'm going to kill 20 of these genies in two minutes. I'm, I'm not that good at the game yet. So I'll just come back later and do that, you know, when I've leveled up some. And I was thinking of the challenges as a way to pull me back into earlier areas because then I would go back and do them and I would unlock, you know, you get a little uh, a slot machine sure. where you uh, you get a variety of uh, rewards. In theory, that's what I thought how, th- how that would work. In practice, I am not interested in going back to earlier areas just to do challenges. You called those out as another example of this idea of, of rewarding players for better skill levels. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are really good enough, if you're competent enough in your ability to manage combat that you can kill these 20 genies or whatever in two minutes, here's a special reward. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking of those as a way to keep the earlier areas relevant, but I think you rightly called them out as a, a reward or, or basically, as you put it, more challenging gameplay faster. Yeah, I mean, so the the, th- the reason I would say that, you know, it's not really meant to keep uh, older areas relevant, per se, is because even if you go back and, and do those challenges in older areas, which I certainly have, um, it doesn't it doesn't um, up the uh, the rewards to your current level. So it doesn't scale. Yeah. Right. So scale. so, you know, you might be getting some some housing stuff that you wouldn't get anywhere else. But in terms of like you can get bags. Right. But those those bags are going to be. Um, you know, smaller slots than whatever you're getting at the current level zone. Um, or you, even you generally, can get gear, be special, but it's yeah, going to be lower level. Gear, right? Yeah, exactly. And that would be the hardest thing to get, and you eventually won't care about whatever it is because you've outleveled it. I kind of came around on challenges. It's interesting because I when I when I started out, um, I was really put off by them, and I, I think what did it for me was when I saw a challenge start, my my immediate thing was like, well, I need to win this. Immediately, I need to. So I I wasn't taking it as like a a bonus challenge. I was taking it as like another quest, as like an extension of the quest system. Um, So I would, uh, you know, I would try desperately to beat this challenge, not pull it off, and then get really frustrated and kind of want to quit. Um, And uh, what I eventually came around to was was what I talk about in the review was seeing it as like, oh, this is something that rewards skill. Um, it also rewards grouping if you're if you're doing quests in groups. And it's like, these are quests you can solo, but if you're in a group, you're probably going to do this this challenge and, and do much better at it. Um, right, right. And uh, it, it became something where I, I started taking on these challenges, not because like I knew I was going to complete them or thought I should be able to complete them, um, but because I wanted this opportunity to show off, like, you know, I've, I've, killed these 10 mountain goats in every MMO ever um, for, for, you know, 15 years, I should be able to do it way better now. <laughs> I should be able to like, I should be able to kill them in this time limit, or I should be able to kill 20 of them in this time limit. Um, so, so it became a thing of, you know, outside of the dungeons where it's, it's super difficult because um, you like, you have to do everything perfectly here it's an optional thing, but uh, but there's still a reward for it. I, I really right. liked that. 
Now, here, here's another of my problems with the game, um, and it, it touches on what you're talking about with, with grouping. With those challenges, and there are also, uh, I think they're quests, they're, they're kind of these uh, open-world bosses, and they're labeled as like Group 5 Plus or Group oh, 3 yeah. Plus. Every now and then you come to a bulletin board, and it'll tell you, hey, over here is a big monster. You can't kill it alone. You need a group to do it. Uh, and I like that in theory, this idea that you're going to require that, – that the world, the open world will encourage grouping um, and how that might feed into dungeons. But in practice in Wildstar, my experience with that, whether it's the challenges of those group monsters, was for the most part – it doesn't require grouping in the sense of getting characters to work together. It requires grouping in the sense of getting some brute force DPS Zerg mass. You know, whether it's two characters sure. or five characters doesn't make any difference. But as someone who really wanted to dig into the healing system in Wildstar, and I cannot stress enough how much that could have been a huge hook for me because the healing in Wildstar feels so distinct from other games. And as a guy who likes playing a support class, I really admired that. I never got the opportunity to use it in the open world. If we came to one of those challenges or we came to one of those group three plus or group five plus boss monsters, nobody ever really needed me to heal. I just needed to be in my DPS configuration. So nowhere in the open world did my favorite thing about Wildstar, namely this cool healing system, Mm -hmm. ever come into play. It was only when I was in those prohibitively difficult dungeons – and granted, the adventures, which are which are kind of like the dungeons, but more forgiving, more open. Uh, I, I feel like they've they really put all their eggs in this Trinity basket. Yeah, you know, healers, DPSs, and tanks. But they don't really require you to use that except in the dungeons. Sure. You know, the open world is all just DPS Zerg through the content. Uh, and maybe that changes later, but I felt like I was getting locked out of playing the way I wanted to play. One, one thing I will say, uh, one good experience I had with some of the world bosses that you're talking about. Um, and I, I certainly agree with what you're saying. I think for the most part, most players approach it as just DPS, Zerg, and uh, and that that is mostly my experience as well. I had a couple of really good experiences where I would go to a boss. This is usually when I was playing late at night, and you know there weren't a lot of people around. Um, I would go to this world boss, um, just like me and one other one other person there, and I would send them a message and say, "Hey, do you want to group up and fight this boss?" Um, and I had a couple of good experiences where. The person, you know, messaged me back and was like, uh, "I'd love to help you. I'm I'm only in in healer mode though. I have all my healer skills and healer gear equipped." Right. And I would just be like, "Well, I'm DPS. Um, this is technically a three person boss, but if you heal me, if you're really good at healing, I think we could probably do this." Um, and those ended up being really tense, really fun battles where, yeah, yeah. where you know, I had to use my skills. I had to dodge out of the way of all of their their uh, their moves perfectly, and and the healer had to be really on on point with keeping me topped off. Um, yeah. And that that ended up being the most fun that I had with world bosses because I agree with you. In general, most of the time, you know, if I was actually putting a group together of you know three or four or five people to go get this world boss. It was just going to be all of us rushing at it and, and killing it as quickly as possible instead of actually doing much in terms of a strategy. I, I've definitely had that as well, where it's just me standing there looking at the boss and someone else walks up and without even you know just typing in say, uh, you kill it and I'll try to heal you. You know, and yep. someone's like, okay, and and you, you definitely feel like you're under. You know, there are fewer numbers in the game wants you to have. But if I'm just a dedicated healer, I can power one guy through it. Yep. But yeah, so so that's an option, but one that I felt 
was never really encouraged. Yeah, Instead, it, people just it wasn't really together. really encouraged. I agree completely yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tell me a bit about your server. Were you on a, a busy server? Uh, was it an underpopulated server? And how did, how did the launch go for you? Uh, I was over on Storm Talon, which is actually really busy. Um, yes, it is. Definitely yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, the first week or so, a lot of uh, uh, hanging out in queues, waiting to log on. Um, but generally speaking, I was actually pretty impressed with the uh, the the launch of Wildstar in terms of uh, technology stuff. Um, you know, we're kind of used used to uh, with MMOs launch week being a mess. Um, yeah. Other than a few few nights where I had a fairly long queue, um, I I never really ran into a lot of problems with like server crashes. Um, I think the first night of early uh, the early access or whatever it was down for like four hours later than it should have been. Um, but that's also like a thing where I'm like, well, it's, it's the first night and it's early access. So I, I have trouble getting too upset about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, generally speaking, uh, it was good. It, it was all solid. And, uh, and I like being on a server. That's really busy. I like, <laughs> I like there being lots of people around. Um, one area, Phil, where that uh, – I because I'm on – it's called Miklos. I forget exactly what it's called. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely a lower population server. I did it intentionally because I wanted to avoid queues. Uh, sure. And like you, I found the launch just fantastic. Uh, we are used to messes, and I was prepared for it and was delightfully disappointed that it was not a mess. Yeah. So yeah. Carbine basically, as far as I'm concerned, they hit it out of the park on their launch. They mm-hmm. did fine. Uh, and technically, uh, just very stable game, very good work. Um, I hate being on – I'm now wishing that I was on Storm Talon because, again, this path system, my other character is a settler, and I like this idea of just collecting a bunch of junk and putting it in a camp so that other players can come to this camp and buff themselves. When I'm playing, and especially late at night, nobody is freaking building up my camps on this server. <laughs> it is hugely frustrating. Yeah. I'm like, where are all the freaking settlers? You people, log on and do your damn job because I want some buffs from this camp and I'm not yep. getting it. Uh, and so it's kind of an odd mechanism in that you know, if you play another MMO on a low population server, that can kind of be cool because it's like, hey, I got the game all to myself. And if you're just playing solo, that's fine. But Wildstar really, with that camp system and with the way the settlers, you know, do their part to develop the infrastructure on a low population server, it really shows. I feel that's also Wildstar. that's also something that I feel like is going to be a serious issue uh, the longer yeah. the game is out as we get into you know the the MMO constant of you know six months down the road, any zone except for the end game zone is is going to be pretty right. pretty dead. Um, there's not going to be that many people walking around, which means all that cool um, settler stuff. Uh, unless there's something in the game that I don't know about to encourage settlers to go back through old zones, which sounds tedious, <laughs> all all that cool settler stuff is just kind of gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how? Speaking of looking down the road, uh, this is of course a kind of a dying breed of MMO in that it's subscription based. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you buy the retail package up front, you get your 30 days, and then it's the uh, the monthly fee. Uh, I, for one, don't really care that much about business models and prognosticating the commercial success of a game. Sure. But I do feel uh, that – well, how, how do you feel about Wildstar's prospects as remaining a subscription-based MMO? Because a lot of the conventional wisdom and a lot of the kind of the internet sniping is, oh, these guys will be free to play in a few months. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, what are you feeling, sir? I sort of feel similarly in that uh, I, I'm 
I guess I don't consider myself like a great business expert, so I'm not necessarily the right guy to uh, to decide. What I what I will say is it seems like um, from from early buzz and from um, how much people are playing and talking about it, it seems like they're doing fine. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like they're doing they're doing all right. I I don't know what their uh, what their goals that they need to hit to be profitable and to to be consistently profitable are, but um, it certainly seems like. Uh, they've had a really, really successful launch, um, and you know, I, I would say if uh, if a, a game like Final Fantasy XIV can uh, can successfully remain as as a subscription based, I don't see any reason that WildStar wouldn't. That said, uh, I, I would say the reason, the one reason that I would question whether or not they might go free to play, um, you know, at some point in the the relatively near future. Is uh is NCSoft as their publisher? You know, I, I think right. NCSoft more and more is uh is an MMO publisher that is in the business of free to play MMOs. Um, I, I could certainly see at some point NCSoft as a publisher doing the, you know running the numbers and being like, we're getting this much from uh from this game as a subscription based, but we could get this much from it as free to play. So right. let's let's pop it over. Um, I also think, you know, with all that cosmetic stuff that's in the game, with all of the uh, the housing system, which I know I, I think you didn't like quite as much as I did. I, I was really into the the housing system, but uh, I think all of that stuff opens it up pretty pretty well to like. I think it could be a pretty smooth transition over to a free to play model that that works relatively well. Here's my theory about, and yeah, and I, I agree with you. By the way, I, I kind of feel like there's no. It's not necessarily a failing or a bad thing for a game to be released with a subscription model, mm-hmm. and once the publisher realizes that that's run its course, to then go to free to play. Yeah, uh, I don't feel like I think, that I means, think a lot oh, of a lot of sucks failed. Yeah, I think it's a viable way to progress the life of an MMO. I think a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of totally solid MMOs have done that. I I, I look at yeah. something like The Secret World, which um, certainly yeah. had its problems, but I think is a good game and. And made a smart business decision to move over to free to play, and and did it in a way that totally works for it, and doesn't like doesn't bastardize the game or anything. And exactly, exactly. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the housing because my here's my theory about people who will or won't like the housing. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quiz you now, Phil. What is Dead Government? I can't think of it. What's those? What are those Nintendo games where there's the little dog guy? Uh, Animal Crossing is that, is that? Animal Crossing, right? Sure, my theory. Sure, sure. My theory about housing is that the people who don't hate the housing – not hate. The people for whom the housing in Wildstar works, the people who like that thing, are people who like Animal Crossing. Okay. Phil, do you like Animal Crossing? I'm going to blow your mind. I actually am not a big Animal Crossing fan. Whoa, because I loathe Animal Crossing. I sure. cannot stand those silly little talking animals and the pointlessness of it all and you the just, aimlessness. You hate, so, you hate joy is what <laughs> I do hate joy yeah. when there's no gameplay. Sure. I need some. I need some gameplay beneath well, my so joy. I'm that's, afraid <laughs> that's actually why the housing system works for me so well. Um, and, and that's actually interesting. Is normally I, I completely agree with. Uh, I apologize. I'm trying to look up what it is that you said exactly. Uh, you you phrased it quite well. Uh, housing is as in, as inconsequential. Uh, as housing in every other MMO, um, which which I completely agree. Most MMOs, uh, it's not a thing that that matters to me. It's it's something that I'll maybe mess around with for for ten or fifteen minutes, and then I'm kind of done and, with. 
And by the way, I, th- I think there's a reason that Blizzard, that World of Warcraft doesn't – wait, does World of Warcraft still not have housing? It, it does not currently have housing. Yeah, and I think there's a reason because Blizzard knows, eh, this really isn't a, a great use of our resources. Sure, yeah. I think Blizzard is onto something there. But uh, So, so go ahead. I, here's I the reason that, that it works for me more in Wildstar is – there is all of the the regular housing stuff of just like you know picking items and uh, and uh, designing your space and being able to share that show that off with other people. What works for me is uh, what was it what was it called the um, fab kits, right? Uh, right. And the way that fab kits work is instead of like uh, a decoration or something, there's an actual like you're you're essentially morphing a plot of your land into something bigger um so as one example i got like a i think it was called a meteor fab kit um and i I might be misremembering the name but it was a it was a it, it created this giant like rock structure extending out from my my ground the ground outside of my house and actually unlocked a platforming challenge Yep, and made it so that um Essentially, like I, I had this cool little platforming challenge to do. Um, what I liked about the housing system in Wildstar was was using those fab kits, um, and and those actually adding gameplay, those actually adding something to do beyond just decorating and trying to make right. your place look nice. Um, now, now here's where though I I would normally agree with you, but one of Wildstar's design decisions keeps me from uh, keeps me at arm's length. That little gaming. That little platforming challenge, I don't think in any way advanced your character. Again, it was a, it was a segregated system. Is the housing? Although actually, you can get crafting resources. But do, is there anything in that? Do you, do you recall offhand? Because I didn't unlock anything like this. Do you recall offhand what you got for solving or playing that little platforming challenge? Uh, I think it, I think it was the same as a challenge out in the world. So I got a uh, you know a metal. the slot machine. Um, oh, okay, okay. You know, so you could get meaningful rewards. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, could it was get a gear. it was a slot machine with uh, probably a, a bag or gear or another uh, another housing item offered or something like that. Okay, and is it on a timer? You can do it like once a day or something. Is that yeah, I don't, I don't know how the challenge. I actually never dug deep enough into the challenges to figure out if um, it seems like you can redo them, but I don't know how okay. often or or what the uh, the rule is there. Well then, here here then is uh, because I I use the housing for its gameplay stuff. You know, I set up my little mining node and I set up my little sure. gardening node, and I I would dutifully visit once a day. And when I logged off, I would go there to get the rest XP, and I would check the little bulletin board to get the bonus XP every day. So I was definitely using the gameplay stuff. But one of the reasons that I never wanted to buy new stuff for it, and I never even. The the things that they give you, the little decoratable items, I went into my little house and I planted them because I felt, you know, I've got these, I might as well use them. But I never cared to chase that stuff because it was draining away, it was costing the same resources that I would use to get better gear, for instance, or to buy, and I want to talk about these in a second, or to buy amps. You know, the same resources that I would use to advance my gameplay were being bled, were be expected to be bled off into this housing. Sure. And even... There's a freaking um, uh, maintenance charge. You know, I was having to go in there, and I would I would be like, wait a minute, why hasn't my mining node respawned? Or, and it's oh, I haven't paid the rent for it. 
so I'd have to pay a gold to update it every few days. Uh, so I, one of the games that I feel the housing is no different in, a, in an MMO I really like called uh, – and I'm constantly screwing up. It's either Rift or Rifts. It's the Triumph. Sure, yeah, yeah. They had super ambitious housing stuff, and they also did a great job of letting you browse other people's houses mm-hmm. so that there was kind of more of an incentive to create these almost Minecraft-like constructions because you would want people to come and look at them. As far as I can tell, I don't know, and maybe it's just because I haven't tapped enough into Wildstar's social system, but I don't know. Is there any way to like browse other people's cool houses? So, uh, is there any way to show off what you've done? I know that you can uh, – you can... Uh, the way that they term it is become neighbors with characters, um, with people on your friends list. And I think that allows you to uh, to visit their house and vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. I do not know if there's any way to actually just jump into anyone's uh, random house or, okay. or to open your house up to let anybody jump in. Um, it seems like that should be there, but but I don't know. I think one of the reasons that might not be there is because in, in Rift, they were uh, they had a construction kit rather than – like the, the prefabs is very much based on modular content. It's not giving you building blocks to create Minecraft-style inventions, and that's what Rift does. It, it's – it's it's pre-built modules that you can plop in there. And there are, of course, you know, you can decide, am I going to put this lamppost here or over here? Is this bush going to be here next to this bench or is it going to be over here by these rocks? You can do that kind of stuff, but I think it's less like a Lego kit and more like a, hey, here are these decorations, arrange them however you want. Uh, so at this point, I don't think that they care that much about letting you just browse random people's houses because you're just going to be seeing the same modules, I imagine. Um, yeah, that's that's very possible. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I yeah. So the, the housing ultimately didn't work for me. And uh, did did you create anything? What kind of house, Phil? Do you live in? Uh, I think I had like a because I I for the review they gave me the special edition version of you have the rocket that, house. Yeah, so I have the rocket house, and I was like, well. That seems cool, I guess. So I'll just keep it. Uh, you know, sort of like I like I said, uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily super obsessed with uh, messing around with my house and uh, and decorating and stuff. I, I did a little bit of that, but the draw for me wasn't really messing with the house, so I didn't change too much. I did like changing the background. I like that. You know, you're floating on a big rock in the middle of space, and right. uh, and you can kind of mess around with your background and make it, you know, it can be like bright rainbow happy setting or it can be be actually space or it can be like dark and gloomy. And um, that was kind of cool, I guess. Right. What what skybox do you want to live in? Exactly. Exactly. So let's let's talk some gear. Um, I did admire. So so two more things that I admired about Wildstar. Uh, I liked how the gear wasn't a straight linear progression in that. As I would get gear, I would decide what stats I wanted to emphasize. Now, that said, uh, I feel like there are a limited number of builds. Like I basically ended up having, okay, here's the gear I'm going to wear when I heal. Here's the gear I'm going to wear when I'm doing DPS. Eventually, it got to a point where any time I found gear, I just knew exactly what stat I wanted it to emphasize. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I might find leveled up gear, but I wouldn't use it because I'm more concentrated on gear at this level that helps this stat. My my it, my biggest concern with the gear, honestly, um I actually found a uh, a friend had linked me to a screenshot that I that I kind of like kept off to the side while I was playing that basically said, if you're this class, here's the, the stats you need to emphasize and then for different builds. Um so you know if I, w- I was playing a, a warrior that was focused on DPS, here are the two stats I need to focus on. 
Um, mm-hmm. My my biggest concern was that I needed to have that because the stats are like this weird, like you know, they're they're very they're non traditional MMO stats. It's not like it's not just like strength and intelligence. Um, right. It's like this weird, like like finesse and uh, and, and moxie. Don't moxie, moxie. moxie. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like I don't really know what that means or like why is it that moxie helps with healing but not with tanking? Like I don't know why that is. Well, Phil, that's because that tanks need grit. <laughs> they did have those crazy names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was just a. It was just a. I mean, that's a minor complaint in in the scheme of things, but it was a, it was something that, that definitely uh, added another layer of, um, you know, particularly for a game that, as we've mentioned, asks a lot of the players, you know, wants you to be really, really uh, talented and really good at what you're doing. And part of that is having the right gear. Um, right. It adds this extra layer of uh, obfuscation to dig through before you can get that correct gear. To be fair, though, and as a guy who loves his tooltips, like I love being able to read up on the stats of something, uh, you know that you you have to dig. But I think the tooltips do tell you, okay, your 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 grit improves your health. You know, uh, it, it's in there somewhere, but you definitely have to dig. And and what I like about the gear is that you can make huge differences to your stats with your gear. Sure, you know your yeah. level partly determines it, but once you get beyond that. You know, it's it's all about the equipment you're using. Yeah, and, and it's a, it's like a, you know it's a it's a gear driven game for sure. It's yes, definitely uh you know as you mentioned, leveling itself is slow, but I was getting gear changes constantly. Um, pretty much, yeah. uh, you know, I, I would be switching out some piece of gear on on my character once every um once every ten fifteen minutes. Um, and I think it looks good too. I think the gear. I think oh, sure, yeah. I think the gear and the world look good. Um, I, I don't like the character character models very much. You did mention that, uh, and I love that you raised that issue. But I I was totally okay with the, the cheesecake factor, and sure. you know I think the dudes look as ridiculous as the chicks. And I, I do love that you called that out, and I love that you linked to that post. So um, yeah, yeah I, I, I actually you know and I, I mentioned in there the. Uh, I, so yeah, it's not just the it's not just the the girls for me. It's not just the women characters. It's the male characters as well. Um, I, I I wasn't super excited about either of them. Right. It, it, well, it's very you know the the cartooniness of it kind of is in opposition to how challenging it wants to be and how it does want to cater to a more hardcore crowd. I find that this weird juxtaposition is hey look how playful and ratchet and clanky uh, the graphics are. But on the other hand, these dungeons are going to kick the daylights out. Yeah, that is, kind that of is a little weird. You're right. There's, there's this weird, like, it's a very lighthearted um, sort of goofy tone to the, the game in general. Um, but the gameplay itself, it's pretty super serious. You need to be on point. So as, as we're winding down, one of the things that uh, when, when you guys covered uh, um, the uh, what's the Skyrim online thing? Uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, yeah. You, you did a you did a review. I think it was with Griffin, where uh, one of you is the perspective of the seasoned MMO player, and the other is the perspective of more of the casual newcomer. Um, for for Wildstar, you just took it on uh, on your own. Mm-hmm. It's just a review by you. Uh, since we don't have the voice of the casual newcomer in your review, how friendly do you think Wildstar is for new players? Yeah, that that uh, Elder Scrolls Online one was actually Justin uh, McElroy. Justin, um, yeah. I, I... That's a, that's a really tough question. I would actually say um, 
I, I would actually say I don't think Wildstar is very newcomer friendly at all. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, just because, you know, as we've mentioned, it expects so much of you. Even e- even I think in the solo content, um, it's it's not like the solo questing is super difficult, but I think it's harder than the average MMO. And then you add in challenges on top of that. And, um, and it's also something where the game, the, as soon as you log in, it is throwing so much at you. Um, it is throwing, there's so many things popping up on the screen everywhere. Um, the, the UI is very cluttered um, in a way that like, I think the game just expects anyone coming into it to be somewhat familiar with the genre. Um, I, I feel like there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of room given for if you're not uh, a huge MMO player, if you haven't played many MMOs previously, we're just going to ease you in. Mm-hmm. And even like, I, I think the uh, skills are like that too. Like I, yeah. I love this idea of we're going to, you're eventually going to get a whole bunch of skills. You just pick whichever eight you want. Uh, it really expects you to want to read those tooltips and want to get different kinds of damage and targeting. And you need to, uh, like, yeah, you need to build up the it, by leaving it open by giving you the choice of like you can only have eight skills, but you're choosing what those eight skills are. The game really expects you to uh, to have a good sense of how to put together um, a skill rotation that works. Yeah, um, and if yeah. you've never played an MMO before, that that is complete gibberish like it's going to be very hard to figure that out um it's it's it, going to it require reminds, help <laughs> and it, yeah or like look at a wiki or something yeah. and I, don't, I think that's kind of an unreasonable expectation for a new player uh the system itself reminds me a bit of secret world where you you pick two uh schools or actually literally you pick two weapons and they create entirely two different kind of class builds and you mix and match them but secret world has these pre-built decks and that's great for a new player is you just click on okay i'm going to be this kind of character with these two types of weapons and it recommends skills for you mm-hmm. and it's like hey just play with this for a while and as you're comfortable with it you can swap in and out new skills and there's really not that kind of guidance in wild star even though it's just as generous just as flexible uh, with how the skills interact. Uh, for, for me, the defining moment for where I realized they really don't care about uh, being welcoming to new players was trying to figure out the costume pieces. Because by golly, as you know, I unlocked my soldier boots and I was going to put them on, damn it. You know, I was going to yeah, wear those. Yeah. Pants. So did you ever figure that out? Because I still haven't. <laughs> Yeah, it's hugely clunky, Phil. I mean, you gotta, you have it. to go. Talk, you go talk to the die dude, and <laughs> you, you, there's there's this weird interface, and I haven't even, I couldn't even explain it because I have to like manually click around and then rem- remember how it works. You have to like look at a gear piece and you click the eyeball to make it show, and then you drag the gear from your inventory into the gear interface and you click it to light it up, and then you do the drop down menu for which costume it's part of. It's so ridiculously Ugh, clunky. Yeah, because I, I tried setting that up as well. I did the same thing of like, oh, I unlocked my Explorer costume piece. Yeah. I'm going to use it. And uh, and then I just equipped the Explorer thing, and it took my regular armor off. And I'm like, wait a second. That's not – how do I – <laughs> and and that's, that stuff is new player bait. Like, that's casual player bait. Like, hey, we're going to let you wear a cool pair of boots or give you a nifty sunglasses or something. And the casual player is like, yeah, I want this. The casual player is not going to be able to figure out how to do that. And and that's because they're like, yeah, you know, we'll, we don't need to make the interface accessible. We're just going to make it super flexible and powerful. And it is, by the way. You know, I'm, I'm super pleased with how I've got my character looking and how I've got the, the soldier outfit with the, the pre-order stuff and the cool glasses. 
I really like that, but man, it, it's almost impossible for a new player to figure that sort of thing out. Yeah, and that's also uh, the kind of thing where, you know, as you know, we mentioned talking about the future of, of the game and how it's going to do, that's the kind of thing where I could see, you know, even if it's uh, doing very well right now, even if launch has been very successful, I could see some people um, dropping off and kind of getting scared away by by the fact that it is so inaccessible and, and also that so much of the content seems designed around being very difficult. Um yeah, Even as, yeah. you know, something that I might appreciate as a longtime MMO player, I, I can see that pushing away a, a larger percentage of the audience than it draws in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for your gear, have you had to chase any – so they have the skills, and then they have – this would be the equivalent of like a trait or I think a talent tree in World of Warcraft. They have this thing called amps yes. where you spend points on a kind of a uh, – it's kind of a grid. Uh, you're, you're unlocking nodes. It, it, they're more like trees, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you climb your way up to different tiers of nodes, but once you get to the second tier, you have these amps, and there's a little lock symbol on every single one of them. But if you find these items in the world, you can unlock ones. Mm. The, the cruel thing is that on each locked amp, you can hold your mouse over it, and it'll tell you what skill is under there. So you can look at potential character builds. You can look at cool ways to tweak your skills. But until you find the item in the wild, you can't use that except for if you go to the auction house. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like a very economy-focused yep. thing. Very exactly. Much. Exactly. And I was okay with this, Phil, because I'd gone to the auction house and I bought stuff for healing gear. And I was like, okay, this is a resource sink. Fair enough. But the the most obvious healing builds, and they're very clearly desirable ones, I went to the auction house and most of the amps were going for you know a few copper. Nobody wanted them. Some of them were maybe a gold or whatever. Those really good amps were like 10 gold. And I didn't have that kind of money. Like It seems like not only is it a resource sink, it's it's a it's an example of this like wealth inequality. Like sure. only hardcore players are gonna have the money to really make the good builds unless you stumble fortunately across the amp that you want. And I found some nice amps, but not for the class I'm playing. See, I've uh, always appreciated that you you're willing to fight against social injustice in MMOs. Um <laughs> Uh, inequality. Uh, no, what, the thing about the amp system that I that I find interesting is, for, and I, I think why it didn't um, bother me too much is to me the the bonuses that you're getting with these amps um, seem uh, with each individual amp I should say they seem they seem kind of minor to the degree that uh, when I look at that what it strikes me as is. This is another system that's meant for the hardcore. It's meant for the end game. It's meant for, you know, if you want to be doing end game rating, you're going to have the perfect build using these amps in the perfect way. Um, so for me, I've just kind of been, uh, you know, as, as I get into my, my 20s and my 30s um, in the level range, um, I, I've been finding random amps and I've just been unlocking whatever I find. And then whenever I find amps for other classes, selling those on the auction house right. and trying to build up a little bit of extra gold that way. Um, but but in general, I'm just kind of treating it as a I'm not going to worry about this too much, you know, unless or until I hit level 50 and start thinking like, OK, maybe I want to do some of the, the end game stuff um, and then start looking into a build and start looking into how much that would cost, because I feel like at that point I'm going to have more money. I'm going to get more out of having the correct build, um, right? And and I'm probably you know I'm probably going to actually need that correct build to actually do any of the content. 
No, I would totally agree with you, Phil, but I, you know, I'm at 26 and there are amps that I, you know, I have amp points stored up because I want to be able to sure. get to that tier three amp as soon as I can afford it. <laughs> so I do feel like you're, you're right as far as how they expect it to fit. But as a guy who's highest, you know, my highest level character is 26 and that's not super high. I really want a certain amp right now. You know, I'm the kind of player who, you know, I've got my nose pressed against the window at the amp store, you know, at the auction house. And I really want that one amp and I can't afford it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but maybe, yeah, maybe it's just an example of me getting ahead of myself. Maybe I'm really not supposed to have that one yet. Uh, in which case, uh, fair enough. But it's hard. Hey, it's you... hard. It's it's you know, it's sitting there. It's showing every time you open that menu. It's it's right there in front of you. You want it. I understand. Yeah. That. <laughs> and and to be fair, that's a that's a legitimate kind of pull. Like if I liked the rest of the game well enough. That would make me want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the sort of thing. You know, show put some shiny in front of the players that they can't have yet that they have to work towards. I think that's a that's a huge ingredient in any successful MMO. So if I liked Wildstar more, I would love that mechanic. I would love this idea that I really need to save up my gold to buy that amp for my my character build. Um, but you know, for for me, it doesn't have the support structure in the rest of the game to make that really work. Instead, it just comes across as frustrating to me. Yeah. Uh, have you, do you get lots of uh, gold seller spam oh in your mailbox? I do. It's a. I have never seen that before. I've seen plenty of like tells, but I am constantly getting mail spam, which is weird. It's it's the weirdest thing, yeah. Because I'm used to, as you say, I'm used to in MMOs um, when the gold sellers come in, it's it's they're they're private messaging you. Um, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. it via mail mail is very strange, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if there's something in this in the game that allows you to like mass mail people easy or something what i will say to give a to give carbine credit they have built in you can just report spam directly from your mail um which is smart so every time i get one of those i can just click that button and it deletes the thing and it's reported and it's all good because previously, I think that was something they added at some point because it, sure. at first I was just getting spam and I would just delete it without even reading it. And then they started doing tricky little things of including some crappy like one copper piece item yep. in the mail <laughs> so that you couldn't delete it. Because you try to delete it and it would say, oh, there's something attached to this. You better open it and take the item, which is how it works. But now you can instead just hit report spam and it deletes it with the item and everything. Yes. Uh, but it's kind of fascinating to watch the gold sellers. There's something ingenious people. about that about like oh yeah we're gonna include yeah. an item so that they ha- they really have to open it Ugh. and it seemed like the common item was some kind of like super cheap ration or something yep. so for whatever reason that was the baseline cheapest thing that you could stick into mail uh, to try to spoof the delete system yeah yes uh so uh polygon does have uh y- you mentioned the, the the sense of updating reviews uh there's a lot to come with wildstar so i guess phil what i'm getting from you you're not you obviously like it more than me, but it's something that you are looking forward to, to sticking with. Um, what uh, what is it like once you've reviewed an MMO? You've you've done you know you've written the review. You're going to be having to move on to some other things. Would you consider yourself like ducking in maybe once a week? Sure. Uh, how what's your wild start habit going to look like going forward? Yeah, um, you know it's it's uh, with wild star because I'm you know mostly enjoying it. And because I, I want to kind of work towards that level cap and, and hopefully finally check out some of those war plots and uh, see what the end game is like. Um, I, I definitely plan to uh, my hope is to to keep playing on, you know, like you said, maybe once a week, once every two weeks, um, hop in whenever I can. It's it's tough for a reviewer. Obviously, I'm uh, 
I'm going to be playing a lot of other games for review, and I have I have plenty of other uh, other things that I would like to be spending my free time on. So I I don't necessarily want to be uh, playing it constantly, but I want to keep up to date in it. And um, and then the way that updates work at Polygon is you know some at some point um, you know three months or four months or five months down the road um, when I, when I have a, a free you know like a week where there's nothing big that I'm on um, I might. Uh, spend a week where I'm really devoted to it for a little bit longer and check out what all of the patches, content patches and big updates have offered and, uh, and see if any of that um, heavily affects my review. Um, okay. So, you know, as an example, Guild Wars 2 actually is a great example because I just updated my review of that um, about a year and a half after the game came out. Uh, mm-hmm. Had been meaning to update it for quite a while, but finally went back and did so. And, uh, and that was a game where the, the constant new content from there um, really improved my uh, my enjoyment of it quite a bit, and I bumped up the score a little bit and added some some paragraphs talking about their really ambitious content um, or their really ambitious uh, approach to to additional content. For me, one of the uh, so I, I tend to think of an editor of mine put it this way once, and you guys, by the way, have handily sidestepped this concept. But I tend to think of reviews as a, as a snapshot in time. Sure, you yeah. Know, this is a picture of my experience with this this game, this this entertainment product at this point in time. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, that can be unfair to developers in a way in that I think of The Secret World, which is an MMO that I adore right now. Yeah. When it came out and my review, I think it was like a month after its release, they had huge scripting issues with these really ambitious investigation quests they were doing. Mm-hmm. And a central tenant of the game was just so incredibly frustrating because it didn't work very well. Uh, and they eventually ironed out those issues. So I ended up really not liking and really being frustrated with a lot of stuff in The Secret World when it came out. But now, years later, Secret World is an amazing product, and mm-hmm. it's a great experience, and it's a distinct, unique MMO uh, that I am just – you know, if I were to review Secret World right now, I would be wildly enthusiastic about it. Um, so I love that you guys are willing to acknowledge that MMOs change, and I kind yeah. of am excited well, to think, you know what, in a year, what is Wildstar going to look yeah, like? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and I, I think – I agree with you on reviews as a snapshot in time, and part of our approach to that is, you know, when we put up a when we put up an update, we're never going to go back and re- and delete anything we've said, right? The right. the original review and the original score we gave it, and all of that stuff is always going to be there, so that that snapshot is still there. It's it's more of just like uh, saying like, well, let's have in the ability to take another snapshot at a different point in time. Um, You're making a moving picture instead of a still photograph. Yeah, and it's 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 just acknowledging, and it's not just with MMOs, right? But it's acknowledging in general that games now, um, we're in this era where games are um, constantly being patched, constantly having new content added, whether it's um, paid DLC or or free updates, um, and you know, games as a static thing that uh, you know it's released and then that's what it is. Um, that happens still, but it's it's much rarer. So. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it was definitely a, a big, a big point for us with Polygon was just having having something to acknowledge that and to uh, to to not act like it was just like, well, this is the game and this is how it is forever, because um, right. it just doesn't right. doesn't happen much anymore. 
Right. And that's that's one way that games are so completely unique from, say, movies or books or, or, or other forms of entertainment. Yeah, and I, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's that's part of why, uh, you know, when we announced that we were doing that at Polygon with reviews, I think there was uh, some, some um, blowback from some people related to that. There was people who want to see, you know, they – they're like, well, reviews for a book or a movie or anything else, um, they're sacred, right? It's like the review comes out and that nobody would ever go back and change it. Um, and it's like, it, that's true, but also, you know, the movie itself and the book itself and et cetera are not going back and getting changed either. So there's a, right. it's worth acknowledging that, uh, that, that thing that makes our medium, uh, really interestingly unique. Right. Yeah, and I would love to see other sites adopt that. I mean, I certainly continue to write about games like the Secret World, but I'm I'm on record as saying I don't like Secret World <laughs> because mm. that's generally the way. I really, you know, uh, I, I gotta say, I really need to get back to Secret World. I a Secret World is doing so well. I had the, like, I had the same thing as you when it when it launched, which was like I I kind of loved the game in theory, but the 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 tech problems kind of eventually pushed me out. The really cool thing about Secret World, Phil, is that it is an excellent solo game because of that horror theming. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing and there's no one else playing, it's not really the liability it is <laughs> totally. in a lot of MMOs. Totally. It's, it just adds to it. Uh, and just the flexibility of that combat system. And, and, and this is, again, what sets it apart from Wildstar. Wildstar feels so familiar to me. Secret World, like being unique, is such an important asset for an MMO. Like having this world that feels like no other world than any other MMO. Uh, yeah, and I have to say, Phil, season two, of Guild Wars two, just started. Yep, I definitely need to get back in that as well. That so, I I finished my Wildstar <laughs> stuff and immediately jumped back into Final Fantasy fourteen because I'm that's my like go to. I'm I'm a fiend for that game, but uh, Guild Wars two is is next up on the list, and Secret World is on my like. I really need to get. <laughs> I really want to get back to that. I don't know when I actually will. Right. They just added uh, a Tokyo content as well, which unfortunately I don't think is, am- is am- as ambitious as they intended originally. But it, it speaks volumes that they're still putting new content out for that game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Phil, uh, where can folks actually? Everybody knows folks can find you at Polygon sure. on Twitter. It's a uh, P Kolar. Yes, P K O L L A R. All right. So uh, you can find me, folks listening at, of course, quarter to three. You can follow me at the letter Q, the letter T, the number three. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciated getting to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Uh, And listeners, thanks for joining us, and uh, maybe we'll see you online in Wildstar.